Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation is recorded in Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 28. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go, work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but tax collectors and harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, that Jesus has some nerve riding into town on a donkey, looking like King Solomon on the day of his coronation. Who does he think he is? The Messiah? Barging into the temple like he owns the place, turning over tables, driving out money changers? What gives him the right? On Tuesday of Holy Week, once again, the religious leaders were trying to make trouble for Jesus. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you this authority? By posing these questions, the chief priests and elders were trying to undermine Jesus' influence. But Jesus outwitted them, asking them, where did John's baptism come from? From heaven or was it from human origin? Unable to answer, these so-called religious experts tried to slink away into the crowd. But before they could get away, Jesus confronted them with a parable. What do you think? Having heard the parable we just read, the Pharisees must have been infuriated, for they would have had no trouble finding themselves in this story. The second son clearly represented those outwardly pious Pharisees. Can't you just picture the second son putting on a forced smile to answer his father's request? Of course, I'll be happy to work in your vineyard. Everyone should carry his own weight around here. You just take the day off, sir, and leave the pruning to me. The second son is very polite to his father. The word translated sir is actually the Greek word for Lord. But no sooner was the father out of earshot than the son was chuckling to himself at the old man's gullibility. The son may use flattering words when answering his father, but Jesus says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Can you find yourself 
in the parable? Is religion a means for you to appear righteous while shirking the real responsibilities of the vineyard? It is easy for us to pay lip service or maintain membership in name only to a church or to the faith, going through the motions without thinking about living our faith in the career we choose, how we spend our time and money, and how we treat our neighbors next door and those, all those who are in need. Maybe the second son really intended to obey his father, but something came up. Things do come up, don't they? Sometimes we know exactly what the Lord wants us to do, and we even intend to do it, but then things get in the way. Have you ever said this to the Lord? I'm going to the vineyard, Lord. Don't worry. I'll make time for your word for prayer and worship in my life. I'll do it right after I pick up the kids, right after my spinning class, right after this meeting, right after I'm done streaming this Netflix series, right after I get this paper finished. I'm really going, Lord, if I can work it into my schedule. What do you think? Have you found yourself in the story yet? And there's that other son to consider. The one who at first rebelled, but later changed his mind and then went to work. This is the son that the Pharisees identified as the good son. It could be said he was a better son. Sure, he goes off to the vineyard, but first he thinks about himself. First, he rebels. He's sort of surly about the whole thing. He had to talk himself into going, and he got a late start, but he did go. Have you ever obeyed God begrudgingly, kicking and protesting the whole way? Have you ever said to a sister, I forgive you, but your teeth were gritted and your fists were clenched at your side? Have you ever listened to God about six months late or ten years late? after you have already messed everything up, like those people who ignored the assembly directions until they've already put the thing together all wrong? What do you think? Have you found yourself in the parable yet? This son represents the prostitutes and tax collectors and various sinners who had rejected God's word in their lives for years but now we're beginning to change their minds, confessing their sin, and by the Spirit's power, turning to Christ in faith. Jesus tells us that this is cause for rejoicing, that the angels in heaven sing for joy when one sinner repents. Which of the two did what his father wanted? Another way to think about Jesus' question is to turn it around and ask, of on which of these two sons will judgment fall? On the second. Why? Because he did not do the will of his father. And what is the father's will? Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. To enter the Lord's vineyard is to repent and believe in him. What this parable is pointing us to is another son, 
a firstborn son who doesn't lie to his father, who will obey his father willingly and gladly. This son loves his father so unswervingly that he will do whatever the father asks. This son will take up his tools and head for the vineyard. He will take up his cross and head for Jerusalem if that is what the father asks. And with a big brother like that around, the other children start to listen to the father's word. Through hearing the gospel, we begin by watching how our father is supposed to be treated. We begin to learn how much joy there is for everybody when the father is obeyed. And when we make a mess of things because we don't live up to our own good intentions or because we choose to lie or disobey, we know there is still the faithful son to put in a good word for his brothers and sisters, to patch things up with the father, to help us do better next time. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. You see, you can't really come to terms with this parable just by concentrating on the first son or the second son or by looking at both of them. If you do that, the parable becomes no more than a lesson about good works. And that won't do us much good because none of us is very good at good works. No, you can't come to terms with this parable until you come to terms with the other son, the one who is telling the parable. In order to rescue us from our disobedience, this son humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. By Christ's obedience unto death, the guilt and punishment of your disobedience is removed forever. Through faith in Christ, his righteousness is credited to you. His obedience is yours. You are God's own child and heir of heaven. Amen.